0: Some answers and one big question about the plans for the new Cleveland police headquarters. We also have a question about the guys who drove across America in just over a day without getting a speeding ticket. It's our weekly bonus episode of This Week in the CLE from Cleveland.com when we consider lingering questions about the biggest stories of the past week. I'm Cleveland.com editor Chris Quinn. We had all sorts of questions three weeks ago about how a plan to build a Cleveland Police Headquarters on Opportunity Corridor meets the economic development vision for that road. This week, we have all of the answers, along with one new question. Opportunity Corridor, as most know, is the most expensive road ever built in Cleveland at more than $100 million a mile. It will connect Interstate 490 from its current terminus at East 55th Street to University Circle. This week, Mayor Frank Jackson and his team planning the police headquarters stopped by Cleveland.com and made a convincing case for why the project will spur development along the Three Mile Road. Point one, developers were telling the city they would not build out there if they were to be the first. They worried about being alone. Point two, developers worried about safety. So the city will be the first to build out there, and by having police as a permanent presence, safety is guaranteed. We also wondered why a police headquarters might be more successful for economic development than the juvenile justice center that is in the same neighborhood. Jackson had an answer for that too. He said the juvenile building is built as a fortress with no access to the community and no thought about nearby development. The police headquarters will be a campus design with meeting areas for the public, and the city has bought more than 70 acres in the vicinity so it can assist in bringing in developers. So what's the one lingering question on this plan? Will it work? Only time will tell. Did Cuyahoga County violate state law when it suspended without pay its former information technology chief? That's the big question raised by a lawsuit filed this week by Scott Rourke against the county and its top elected official, Armand Budish. Rourke spent 19 months on unpaid leave amid a criminal investigation into the Budish administration that continues to this day. But Rourke says in the lawsuit that state law permits only two months of unpaid leave and only for people accused of a felony. Rourke, who was not charged with a crime, seeks payment for the wages and benefits he would have received if he had not been placed on the unpaid leave. His annual salary was $216,500 a year. Budish placed work on paid leave in February 2018 and unpaid leave a month later after Rourke was named at subpoenas in the criminal probe of Budish's administration. Rourke was fired in October after county council raised questions about why he remained an employee. A number of people have been named at subpoenas, charged and convicted in the investigation, and the county has not had a uniform policy on how it has treated them. The top human resources official, Douglas Dykes, has been indicted on a felony charge of theft but remains on the job. Some jail guards who were implicated were placed on paid leave, others on unpaid leave. Work's lawsuit should elicit explanations from the Buddhist administration on how it makes those decisions. We had news this week that the city of Cleveland is losing $1.5 million in state grants intended to battle AIDS. And the big question on this story is how did Cleveland screw this up so quickly? The city received the grant for 2019 for seven counties in Northeast Ohio. The city health department was supposed to use the money for treatment, education, and other efforts to combat AIDS. But by February, the Ohio health department was finding deficiencies in how Cleveland served the contract. The state and Cleveland worked out a remediation plan, but the state says Cleveland failed to adhere to that too. So people who were newly diagnosed were not interviewed promptly, as required. At least 40% of those tested for AIDS were supposed to be men who have sex with other men because they're high risk, but only 12% were. Data reported to the state was incomplete or of very low quality. The city is appealing the decision to discontinue the grants, but based on how poorly the state rated Cleveland's performance, a change of decision appears unlikely. What's the number of people in Ohio who could go hungry because of President Donald Trump's decision to cut off food stamps? Forty five thousand. That's according to an estimate by the Ohio Department of Job and Family Services. The people losing the aid are in a category called able bodied adults without dependents. Many are believed to have jobs. Under the existing rules, Ohio can exempt that category of people from the food stamp work requirement if they live in areas without sufficient jobs. In Northeast Ohio, those exemptions exist in Cuyahoga, Summit, Lake, and Lorain counties. Trump is changing that. Unless they get jobs, even if there are none to be had, they no longer will get the assistance that has put food on their tables. The new rule starts April 1st. The next unanswered question here is how the Greater Cleveland Food Bank will cope with the extra demand. How do you drive 2,800 miles across America in less than 28 hours, averaging 103 miles per hour, and not get a ticket? An exotic car dealer from Twinsburg can tell you Doug Tabit was part of a team that last month set a new record for the cannonball run— The coast-to-coast time trial, followed by car enthusiasts and made famous by a movie in the early 1980s. Cleveland.com's Pete Krause tells the tale on our website. Tabbit, 34, and his team made the run November 10th and 11th, sometimes hitting speeds of 180 miles per hour in a souped-up Mercedes. They fitted the car with a suite of electronic countermeasures to avoid the police, including radar detectors and gadgets that diffuse the light beam of a police laser gun. They used a thermal scope mounted on the roof to seek heat signatures of roadside patrol cars or deer ready to bolt in front of them. They had view-stabilized binoculars that helped them see two miles down their road. Their time of 27 hours and 25 minutes shaved off a lot of time from the previous record, which was 28 hours and 50 minutes set in 2013. Hard to believe they averaged 103 miles per hour. They could not possibly have been in Cleveland during rush hour. Pete tells me they made it from New York City to Cleveland in just three hours. Thanks for listening to this bonus episode of This Week in the CLE. Be sure to check out the full episode, which is published every week and is a podcast analysis of the week's big news.